regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. What's going on, everybody? This is Jacques Hopkins, and welcome to episode 89 of The Online Course Show. If you've been around for a while, then you may notice some changes happening, both on this podcast and on theonlinecourseguy.com, and they're all good changes, all designed to help you with online courses the best way possible. So let's talk about this podcast. This is going to be kind of an online courses 101 episode. So excited about this episode. I'm actually bringing back a guy to to chat with about online courses that many of you may know because he was on roughly the first 20 episodes of this podcast, Nate Dotson. A lot of people have been asking for him to come back and update you guys on where he is with things. And that's exactly what we're doing in this episode. But We also just talked about online courses in general and how we recommend people go about online courses. So we talked to beginners who don't have an online course yet and the steps that you should be taking to be successful with online courses. And we also talked to people that have online courses already and are interested in taking their online course to the next level and really doing things the right way. So a quick history of this podcast, and because I've found that a lot of new people are finding this podcast, a lot of new people are finding this podcast interested in online courses, and they're jumping all the way back to episode one and starting there and starting to binge on the episodes, which is great, but I want to give people a new starting point when they find this podcast, and this is it, episode 89. This is going to be an amazing starting point if you're new to this podcast, because Episode one was a couple of years ago. The audio quality, I'll be honest, was horrible. I've learned so much more about podcasting since then, but also I've learned so much more about online courses since then. So I've got some updated strategies, tips, techniques, information for you on online courses. So please start here and not necessarily episode one. Now, if you do decide to go back and listen to, say, the first 20 episodes, you'll notice that that is me and Nate every single time. And at that time, it was basically me coaching Nate on the podcast. That's how this podcast started. Nate had an online course, but it wasn't doing anywhere near as well as he was hoping. And so we would just pick a topic and I would kind of coach him on that topic. And what happened was after about doing that for about 20 episodes, 20 weeks, Nate kind of got up to my level and he was doing really, really, really well with his online course and still is to that day. And he will update you here in a few minutes on how he's doing with his online course, microgreensfarmer.com. But for those of you that are new to the online course guy and me, Jacques Hopkins, just really quickly, I am the creator of pianoin21days.com. That is my online course that allowed me to quit my job and allow me to get good at this online course stuff. That is still the primary source of income for me and my family. And I will update you guys in this interview with Nate on where I've been going with Piano in 21 Days lately and and what's kind of the current status of it. But Piano in 21 Days is almost completely outsourced and automated. So that means I can spend the majority of my working hours helping you with online courses. And that is what I'm most passionate about today is online courses and helping people start online courses, but also take existing online courses to the next level. 
And that's exactly what you're going to get out of this podcast. So I mentioned the the new site. Let's talk about that. You can go to theonlinecourseguy.com and you'll notice a completely revamped site. And let me tell you some things that are on that site that are really going to help you. First, at the top, you're going to see a link that says community. Click on that. You will be redirected to a free Facebook group that I'd love for you to join. This is a group of online course creators and aspiring course creators to communicate with each other. And I'm in there and it's just a great community for course creators in general. And so please go ahead and join that community. If you're listening to this podcast, then you are going to be a fit for that. So you can go to the onlinecourseguy.com, click on community at the top, or you can just go to Facebook and search for the group, the online course community. Next, I have all the information on the online course guy about my course that I offer on how to succeed with online courses. This course is for beginners. So if you've never made an online course sale, this course is for you. It's called the Online Course Accelerator, and it's designed to go from nothing to your first course sale within eight weeks. All right. And the reason that I set it up that way is because making your first sale is the hardest. Your second sale is going to be even easier. Your third sale is going to be even easier than that. But this is how to do online courses the right way from the beginning. So like I said, either you don't have an online course yet. So either you're you're brand new to online courses and you're starting completely from nothing this is for you. Or maybe you've started down the path of online courses, but you just haven't made a sale yet. So clearly you're not doing things the right way. If you're one of those two people, then the online course accelerator is a good fit for you. And I'm offering a free seven day trial. I'm not doing any sort of fancy sales tactics or anything like that. I want the course to sell itself for you. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and go to the onlinecourseguy.com click on Online Course Accelerator and you can sign up for a completely free seven-day trial of that course and get started right now. Now, for those of you that have an online course already and have made sales but are interested in taking it to the next level, I have an eight-week mentorship program for you guys where we actually work one-on-one very intimately to help you reach your specific goals, whether that's ramping up your sales or ramping down the time that you actually need to spend inside your business, I can help you get there. And that program is called Next Level Courses. And that is, of course, application only. So if you're interested in that, then go to theonlinecourseguy.com and click on Next Level Courses. The last thing I want to tell you about that you can find on the new website is a very, very special offer I have to anybody out there that's not using one of my favorite, favorite all-time tools, and that is ClickFunnels. If you sign up for a free trial of ClickFunnels using my affiliate link, you will get all kinds of stuff from me. Now, first, let me tell you why you should be using ClickFunnels if you're a course creator or an aspiring course creator. In ClickFunnels, you can actually host your entire course. So you don't have to necessarily be using Teachable or Thinkific or Kajabi or something like that. You can use ClickFunnels to host your course. And I absolutely do that for Piano in 21 Days. Nate does that for his course as well, which you hear about in a little bit. That is a great platform for hosting your course. But not only that, you can do order forms with ClickFunnels. You can accept people's money to buy your course with ClickFunnels. You can make landing pages. You can make funnels. You can make opt-in pages. You can do all kinds of things with ClickFunnels, and that's one of the reasons I like it so much is because it does so much in one platform. They also pay their affiliates really well. So when you sign up for ClickFunnels, the it, it costs $97 a month, and 
when you sign up using my link, I get like $40 of that per month. So that's why I'm willing to give away so much when you use my link to sign up for ClickFunnels. And this is just, what I'm talking about here is just when you sign up for a free trial of ClickFunnels, they offer a 14-day free trial. And as soon as you sign up for that trial, I will send you all of these things. I will send you my exact membership site template that I use for Piano in 21 Days. So you can import that right into your ClickFunnels account and build your course. I will send you a template for my top three course sales funnels. So you can't just put a buy now button on a website. That doesn't work. You need to have sales funnel to be able to properly sell your course. The top three online course sales funnels that I recommend, and many of you that have been listening to this podcast will know this, but there's the PLF funnel, which is product launch formula. There's a webinar funnel and there's the VSL funnel. You will get my templates, my exact templates for all those funnels in your ClickFunnels account when you use my link to sign up for your free trial. You'll also get a full website template from me. So my pianoin21days.com full website was on just ClickFunnels for over a year. And I will give you that entire template as well. I'll give you my order form templates for Piano in 21 Days. And I will give you a free course called ClickFunnels for Course Creators when you sign up through my link. And that's so that you know how to use all these templates and know how to be a course creator inside of ClickFunnels once you sign up for all of this stuff. So you'll get all those templates and this course Just go to theonlinecourseguide.com and click on tools at the top, and then you'll see a list of all these things that you'll get. And there you will have a link to go ahead and sign up through my affiliate link. Or you can just go to theonlinecourseguide.com slash ClickFunnels and sign up, and I will email you all of those things. So that's a lot of the cool things happening around here. Let's go ahead and transition to the interview with Nate. And it's more of just a conversation about online courses and really just this is the online courses 101 part of this. And so what we talked about was we started and we just kind of reviewed our stories. We told our stories about how we got started with online courses. I talked about how I got started with Piano in 21 Days about six years ago. Nate talks about how he got started with Microgreens Farmer a few years ago. We talked about where we are now and what we've been up to lately with our courses And we also talked about our advice for those that are just starting out, for people just starting out with online courses, haven't made a sale yet. What would we do if if we were in that position? And what are we recommending to other people today to succeed with online courses? And of course, we talked about for those that already have an online course and already made sales, but they just haven't reached their goals yet. What are we seeing out there? And what advice do we have for those kinds of people as well? So it was just a fantastic conversation. If you're into online courses at all, you cannot miss this. Let's get into the conversation with Nate Dotson right now. Hello, Nate Dotson. Welcome back to the podcast. What's up, man? Good to be back. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know we meet every week on our little accountability meetings, but people have been asking for this episode, man. People want to hear back from Nate Dotson on online courses. I can't imagine why. I mean, I'm just, I must just be such a charismatic character. Something, man, something. So here's what I want to do, Nate. I want to to jump into kind of your story and, and my story. And this is going to be kind of an online courses 101 episode. But just to set things up a little bit, I want to talk about the evolution of this podcast. Because if if you remember... This podcast started as almost me coaching you and we would we would have a topic and that was like the first 20 episodes 
was we'd have a topic and I would kind of run through my thoughts about that topic to you and you would ask questions. And what I'm finding now at this point is a lot of new people are finding the podcast. And we've done over 80 episodes now. And obviously, you're not on every episode anymore. But people are jumping all the way back to episode one, which is not a huge problem. But the audio quality was pretty terrible back in episode one. You know, me and you, we both know significantly more about online courses today than we did, you know, what was that, two years ago or something. And so I just want to kind of have a reset point for people and a place that people, a new start here point for people. And so to kick it off, now that I've set the stage there, why don't you tell people a little bit about who Nate Dotson is as far as online courses go? Yeah, absolutely. So it started for me when I was launching an urban farm in Bloomington, Indiana, and um, just was digging around all over the internet for information and came across the guy that was teaching people about urban farming. And he had a webinar. And in his webinar, he pitched a $1,000 online course. And I saw people in the comments section, this was a live webinar. And I saw people saying, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And I was still working on my business plan. I was farming, but I was also still developing the business. And so I went over to my business plan and I wrote, create online content, like find something you can teach because this guy just made $30,000 in this one hour presentation. You know, he talks about making $100,000 a year farming, but he just made $30,000 in a one hour presentation. So this is one of the ways to make more profit as a farmer, to make a higher income as a farmer. And then I just, you know, kept thinking about what, what could I teach? And one thing that we were doing on the farm that was working really well was the microgreens. They were our most profitable crop. They were bringing the most attention. It was my favorite thing to grow because it was so easy. It was all dialed in. The timing was great. It's just, I loved microgreens. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on microgreens. So I recorded um, a half dozen YouTube videos. I spent a day to write a short ebook. It's 10 pages. So microgreens quick start guide. And I created a very simple one-page landing page where they could opt in for the free ebook. And it signed them up for a MailChimp autoresponder email program. And um, just went from there. I put the YouTube videos up and I had a call to action at the end. Head over to microgreensfarmer.com. I came up with the perfect name right off the beginning. I love that name. And uh, head over there and download your freebie. And then I just was busy farming and people started finding the videos and opting in. And I went back a few months later and it was like, I had like, two to 400 subscribers, I think, something like that. And people were emailing me, asking questions. I was just responding to their questions. People kept talking about my my awesome labels for my packaging. So I put all my labels together in one little simple package. I think I sold it for $49 and sent out a few emails to my list and made like 3,500 bucks off a small list, people buying my labels. And then that was really motivating. That's what really made me say, wow, I have to take this more seriously. So I started planning that summer for an online course and filmed the whole online course, spent a couple months filming it, editing and building the thing and launched that in the fall. This was probably nine months after I originally put up the YouTube videos and uh, had a pretty good initial launch. I think I had like a thousand people on my email list and sold like $8,000 worth for a $99 course. And that's, that's what started it all. This, uh, you, you mentioned the fall. What year was this? believe it was 2016. Okay. So fall of 2016. So a little over two years ago now. And so that, that initial launch, well, you launched the labels first and did, and did pretty with the labels, but obviously the, the end goal wasn't just to sell 
these label templates. You had an idea for an online course ever since watching that webinar from this other guru way back when. And by the way, that I don't think you mentioned his name. I know that that was Curtis Stone, who's actually been on this podcast. I just looked it up back in episode 42. And I know from, from my experience too, like before I had anything for sale, just hearing those stories was just an incredible amount of motivation to have your own thing. And I could, just, I could picture you watching that webinar with Curtis Stone. And uh, most people on there, on that webinar, were there to consume his farming content and get better at, at urban farming. But you're looking at it and like counting up how many people bought these, this $1,000 course and be like, this guy just got a $30,000 payday. Like, wh- why can't I get a piece of that? Why, you know, even if it's 10% of that, like I could take $3,000 in one day for an online course. You know, that's, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. And I'd read the four hour work week years before. So I already knew a little bit about online business. I'd been experimenting a little bit already. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to do as people do rather than just do as they say, kind of pay attention to what people are doing. That's where the real gold is. Mm, that's, that's a really good point. I think that's, that's something that me and you try to do when we meet weekly is we talk about things we've seen out there that are working, not necessarily information people have taught us as much, but like, hey, have you seen what this guy's doing on this launch? Have you seen what this guy's doing? Or let's be PC here, what this girl has done with with her online course and so on. And so we run those ideas about each other. And and I think one thing that has helped us continue to grow and be successful is these weekly meetings, which I want to talk about later on in the episode. So but now jumping back to fall 2016, you you have your course available. You do this initial launch for around $8,000, which is a lot for anybody, but especially for a $100 course because you sold a lot of copies. It's not just about launching one time and being successful. You've got to be able to sustain success as well. So what happened next? I, I started to be more interested in this digital products thing and online courses. You know, Once the money started rolling in, I said, I, I need to take this more seriously and focus more on this than the farming because this is a higher value thing to do with my time. And I noticed people like David Seitman Garland was selling online courses through automated webinars. And so I started to dive into that world a little bit. I was going online, listening to podcasts about it, trying to educate myself, figure out what to do next. I set up a simple automation on MailChimp. So when people signed up for my free ebook, now they went through like the first five emails, pitched them on my online course. So I started making a few hundred dollars a week, every week, automatically selling the course. And I think shortly after I launched the course, maybe a couple months after that, I came across you on Nick Loper's podcast, The Side Hustle Show. And um, I said, I want this guy to coach me. And I reached out to you and I was on the phone with you like an hour after I emailed you or something like that. And I paid you to coach me. And that's when things really took off. Yeah, Nate, that was, uh, I just searched through my email. That was March 30th, 2017. And I think I've told you before that the way the way you reached out and the, and the way you put that email together, I think was very impressive. Do you mind if I read that email right now? No, go ahead. Yeah. So you said for the people listening to this, keep in mind, I didn't know who Nate Dodson was at this point. No idea. And I was interviewed on Side Hustle, the Side Hustle show with, with Nick Loper. And I think it had just come out like that morning. And I, and I didn't realize when it was going to come out. And then... I think you were the first person that ended up reaching out to me. And I saw this email and it said, Hi, Jacques, I just listened to your interview on Side Hustle Nation. It was awesome. Congrats on all your success. 
I'm trying to follow the same path and I'm starting to have success. I've done a little over 20K the last six months selling info products on growing and selling microgreens. And you can give me a link to microgreensfarmer.com. All traffic is coming from six YouTube videos I did over a year ago. Then they go on to a ClickFunnels landing page, $49 one-time offer, and a six-email MailChimp autoresponder sequence, which I sell them on a $149 course. Though I just paused this sequence because I'm planning to do a webinar and raise course price to $497 and testing pay traffic. I would love, 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 all caps, for your personal guidance and some accountability while I ramp this thing up. I have so many things I want to do, and I just want someone to call me out on my BS and start (laughs) implementing. I heard on the podcast that you are taking on consulting, and I would very much appreciate your advice on a one-on-one regular phone call type basis. You can use me as a case study for your new product, including video testimonial, recording phone calls, et cetera, if that would be helpful. Let me know if that's any interest. Totally understand if not. Best of luck in everything you're up to, Nate. So I think that was, that was really, really good. I mean, you told me a little about you and who you are, but also, you know, you talked me up a little bit, stroked my ego a little bit and how much you wanted to work with me and even provided some ways that you could provide value to me. And you weren't looking for like free coaching or anything. You weren't, you weren't looking for that in exchange for these things. You were just wanting to pay me to coach you and then also trying to throw in some extra uh, value as well. And so I think I, I gave you kind of a price and we were on our first coaching call like an hour later, I think something like that. That right now, now that you read that, I'm like getting the chills because that is the one best thing I have done. The The number one thing I do, I've done, the best task I've done is write that email to you. That is what has propelled my success. Yeah. And it's, and it's not that I am, you know, the, the top guru in the world on online courses, especially back then. I think it's, it's just that by sending that email, you got an outside opinion and perspective. You got outside guidance. Sometimes we get in our own head and we're like, there's so many things we can do. And just having, having somebody there to, to bounce ideas off of and accountability and all that yeah. is the key. So yeah. I think what you're trying to tell people is not necessarily send Jacques an email right now. It's figure out who out there is five or 10 steps ahead of you and reach out to them. Exactly. Yep. All right. Awesome. So, so what, what are, what happened from there, Nate? I mean, what, what happened after we started working together and, and what direction did you end up taking with these things? Because in your email, you're specifically calling out some things, raising your price to 497, testing paid traffic, doing a webinar. What happened next? I started paying you for coaching and just basically followed your advice. And there was some points where I pushed back, like raising my price to 497. I can't believe I wrote that in the email because it was really hard for me to do that. And you wanted me to go to that price point right away. And I, I think I went to 297 for a while, I think for almost a year. But otherwise, I pretty much followed everything you said to the T. I was pretty coachable. And that was, that was, um, that's really crucial. You know, if you're going to pay someone for coaching, just do what they say and, and have a lot of faith in that. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember I wanted you to go to 497, but you weren't comfortable doing more than 297, which was still a doubling your price. I and mean, you started at 97, then you went to 147 when we started working together. Then one of the first things we did was go to 297. And then one of the first things we did as well was just improve your funnel. And we went to yeah. more of a product launch formula style funnel, which I've certainly talked about on this podcast before. And I think you, you started getting results pretty immediately with that funnel. Yeah, absolutely. I think it jumped up where I was making 
like five to eight thousand dollars a month, eight to ten thousand dollars a month, pretty quickly. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, we we kind of turned our coaching sessions into the start of this podcast, like I was saying earlier. And and man, it just got to a point where I had kind of conveyed everything I knew about online courses to you, and and you started making about the same amount of money as me. And I was like, man, we're just you know we're kind of on the same level now. That's when the coaching sessions on the podcast tapered off. And I had you back on the podcast a few times and now now you're back on it again. And man, you just just keep getting better and better and, and doing better and better with your online courses. So fast forward to today. I mean, tell people where things are with your online course and maybe where where they're going to be going too. Yeah, things are going really well. Eventually I did launch a webinar and I have a webinar on it's evergreen webinar right now. It's automated. I used kind of the perfect webinar script from Russell Brunson. And, um, that was another big jump in my, my results. I think I went from around $10,000 a month to around $30,000 a month in sales then. And since that time, it's, it's been about the, what's the next level. And that's been a team, putting a team in place and paid traffic and the paid traffic hasn't produced great results yet, but there's no way I'm giving up. It's one of those things where you got to try to keep testing and eventually you, you kind of can strike gold sometimes, keep going for it. But I've been putting the team in place now and that has been really valuable. Just, just knowing that there's other people working on this business and especially the customer support. I have a customer support person, Melissa, that's just amazing. That's just took huge load off my shoulders and freed me up to kind of think bigger. And, you know, I have my sights set on trying to get it over a hundred grand a month by the end of this year. And I'll be over halfway there this month. I think I've done almost 20 grand this week alone. So it's, it's really picking up. It's pretty crazy. So, and when you say your goal, so your goal by the end of this year is to be bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a month, right? Yes. And that's pro that's a uh, revenue, correct? Yes. What, uh, what kind of expenses would you expect at that level? I, I would like to keep it, keep expenses to 40%. Okay. So, I mean, 60, 60 K in profit, that's pretty good. But yes. you're not there yet, but you've got some things you're working on to to hopefully get there. And you're right now, you know, expenses are still very, very low, typically bringing in revenue wise, at least $50,000 a month. I mean, I think you were telling me a story one time where people not in the online world, like people, you know, in person will ask you like what, what you do for a living and you tell them about this course and it's, and you just, you don't say, you probably don't say, yeah, I make $50,000 a month. But you say like, yeah, it's it's a five hundred dollar course, and I sell two, three, four of them a day, and so people can do the math in their yeah. head, and it's like, wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, from a microgreens course. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Yeah. So Nate, let me ask you this. I mean, a lot of the people listening, you know, to this podcast, some people have an online course already, just looking for some tips and, and inspiration. Um, some people are like total beginners and, and just getting started with online courses, and maybe they're even evaluating if they want to go down the online course path and they they definitely want to have some sort of business on their own maybe a microgreens business is a fit for some people listening to this you know maybe talk a little bit about what that offer is um, and speak to those those people because some people may want to just jump on your webinar and buy your $500 course and create their own business that way yeah absolutely and i have a lot of my students are seeing success now i've kind of innovated on small scale local farming where i'm having people grow these microgreens you can do it on a small section of your house. If you go to Microgreens Farmer YouTube channel, you can see my tiny little setup I have in there. 
you know, on one two foot by four foot rack, you can crank out 800 to a thousand dollars worth of product every week. And you distribute it to restaurants, farmers markets. And the thing I've really innovated on is helping people get home delivery programs going. And tons of my students are doing this now and having a ton of success. So they have people that are paying them every month recurring. They're growing the product to order and then they're bringing it and delivering it on people's porches, putting it in coolers. It's a way for people to get their greens. They usually either sign up once or twice a month and they're getting just these, the healthiest greens. Microgreens are four to 40 times more nutrient dense than mature vegetables. So they're, they're like a legitimate superfood. And everyone wants to be more healthy, eat more greens. They want fresh local food. So this is a sweet way to, to get that into people's hands. And, and it's just a fun business. I mean, if you, you know, don't sell all your product that week, you have a bunch of microgreens for your family to eat. So you're saving some money on groceries. It's kind of like a food security thing, you know, and if t- times get bad, you still have a lot of really good nutrient dense food that you can crank out in your house. Uh, and it's just, it's just fun. People, people know they're buying a high quality product and they're really grateful. It's, it's not like being a used car salesman where you feel like you're ripping people off. You really feel like you're doing a, a service to the community. And it's just, it's just a really fun, it's the most fun vegetable you can sell at the farmer's market and people get really excited about it. Yeah. So you're not just all about, you know, the sales and selling your course and, and, and trying to grow this monthly revenue. You, you genuinely believe in your product, obviously, and, and it's, and it's genuinely helping people as well, which, you know, people can see testimonials and there's tons of testimonials in your webinar. And so this, this obviously works for the, for the right type of person. So if that sounds interesting to anybody out there, or if you just want to see a really good webinar that sells an online course, then I'd invite people to definitely check out microgreensfarmer.com. They can just go there and, and register for the webinar, right, Nate? Yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, look, I want to jump over to, to kind of my side of things and, and, and how I got started and where I'm at in just a minute as well. But kind of the last thing I want to touch on with related to, to your story and what you just went over is, in, in your opinion, can you tell me maybe a couple, two, three things you think you did right in this whole process and, and a few things you, you did wrong? Yeah, what I did, the main things that I did right are to pay attention to what other people in the industry are doing and, you know, add kind of those to my to-dos. Coaching and accountability was the best thing, as I already said, the the best thing that I did. Sticking with something and just keep going, having that grit, not giving up, just keep, just keep going, keep going. It's hard sometimes. It's really hard. And I, I wanted to give up so many times. You know how I am where I have a new, new idea every week or every day. I'm always, it's, it's always been hard for me to stick with stuff. So that's, that was a huge win of mine. And then the webinar was awesome, was a huge win. It's a, mine's a, the perfect business to, to, or my, the perfect opportunity to sell via a webinar. And then one thing that I didn't really intentionally do, but was probably one of my biggest wins was I created an, a category. I created a new category. So I basically came up with the terms, become a microgreens farmer, start a microgreens business. And Russell Brunson talks about this in his book, Expert Secrets. And there's other books about it. One of them is called like Red Ocean, Blue Ocean. And it's Blue Ocean Strategy. Blue Ocean Strategy. And that's, that's basically what I did is one of the big major breakthrough things you can do for selling a product is to create and define the category itself or then create a brand new opportunity. So th- those are probably the big, big things. Anything you did wrong, maybe you would do differently if you had to do it over again? I would have ramped down my farming sooner probably to focus on this. 
I would have raised my prices sooner, tried to implement the webinar sooner, hired it, started hiring a team sooner. So, just, so basically, I, I've just I've just been slow going. Like, yeah. I, but that's kind of my personality. I have trouble just doing things fast, and uh, I kind of go in waves. But the, the, those that's the main thing is just kind of speed things up and and get a little more focused. I think you found a lot of the pieces that are working for you at this point. And so it's just a lot of, I would have done this, this, and this sooner because you've, you finally found all the pieces to the puzzle and, and know where they go. It's just, it took you a while to get there. So, so but it, it's so easy to say that, you know, yeah. looking back and be like, okay, I know for a fact this works. So I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you did a lot right. And there's no question about that. I had some successes and, and plenty of failures along the way as well. Um, so I kind of wanted to jump over to to my story now and feel free to interject and ask questions along the way. Cool. Uh, for me, it kind of started with 4-Hour Workweek. You, you mentioned that book. I think a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs had their eyes open with that book. For me, it was like I was going down this, this one path my entire life. I remember in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher, because I was quote unquote, good at math. Like she's like, you need to be an engineer one day. Like it was fact. It wasn't like, I think you should be an engineer. You'd be a great engineer. She just looked at me. She's like, you need to be an engineer one day. So it was just like in my head, like all my life, like I'm good at math. Therefore I'm going to be an engineer because I I wasn't like, I I wasn't good at reading or or writing or, or, you know, English classes or anything. Wasn't particularly good at sports but I was good at math and therefore I thought I had to be an engineer. So my whole life pointed in that direction. I was, I was getting my degree. It wasn't until my senior year at LSU getting my electrical engineering degree that I picked up that book for our work week. And I'm not sure why exactly I even put, picked it up, but I read it and it just opened my eyes to a whole different world of possibilities. This guy was traveling all over the world doing these really, really cool things and making a lot of money in passive income, which I don't even know if I knew that term at that point, passive income. And I knew that I wanted, I wanted a part of that. But I even had my job lined up by the time I read that book. So uh, I ended up going on like a three-month backpacking trip in Europe by myself between when I graduated and when I actually started my job. And I know when I was doing that, I was like, yeah, this, I could get used to this, you know? And so I ended up starting my job because I, I, needed, I needed money and, and it still interested in me to some extent. I didn't absolutely hate my job like a lot of people do. It, it wasn't about hating my job. It's just that I wanted more. I wanted more freedom and travel and, and more money and and all that. So I pursued several different businesses over the years and I ended up working at that same job for, for eight years. And I tried, you know, I tried starting blogs and I tried inventing some physical products and I tried uh, making an app and, and I never made any sales at all from any of that. And it wasn't until I came across online courses that I found success. And what happened for me is I would work a long day at work and come home and have these side projects I thought I was supposed to be working on. And I would just be kind of drained and stressed and, and I'd be procrastinating. And I, I would think I would need to be working on these things. But what I found myself doing instead of working on those things was I was playing my piano. And it just kind of occurred to me at that point, one day I was playing my piano. This was early 2013, that if there's any way that I can incorporate the piano into whatever business I end up succeeding at, I think that's going to be kind of the best of both worlds because it's something I obviously like because of the position I found myself in. And then if, if I can actually work on something I like, like you, you know, you're in microgreens, you actually like microgreens, 
you know, you didn't, you don't, I don't think you mentioned it yet in this podcast, but I know you've, you've got some health issues. You've got Crohn's disease, like eating healthy food, especially something that nutrient dense is very, very important to you. Yep. Right. And I mean, piano isn't like my one passion in life, but it's obviously something I enjoyed. And I was like, you know, I kind of have this different way to play piano. It's more of an engineer's approach to piano. I wonder if there's other people out there that would like to learn how to play piano like this. And literally like that night or the next morning, I was listening to the Spark Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn. And I was just pulling up the latest episode. And he had a guy on the podcast. His name is Steve Nixon, who was talking all about the success of his online piano course. And Steve runs, I think his site is freejazzlessons.com. So he's all about jazz piano. But it was just amazing to, to hear the possibilities, kind of like you with, with listening to Curtis Stone, but also to get validation that it's possible in my specific niche. And it's not like I was listening to Steve and saying, okay, well, this has been done before. I can't do it. No, I, I had my own unique spin. I had my own unique voice with regards to how to learn piano. And I didn't create a whole new category like you did, but I gave people a new opportunity to learn piano very, very quickly without sheet music, without all the drills and theory that normally comes with piano lessons and trying to eliminate most of the barriers that normally comes with trying to learn piano. People think it takes years to learn how to play piano and then you have to go to a teacher once a week and by coming out with a brand that says piano in 21 days, that completely, you know, goes against everything you thought you knew about how to learn piano. And so, so that was my new side project. And it took me probably eight months to get the course finally available. You know, I knew a, a very, very little bit about internet marketing at that point, just from listening to things like the smart passive income. So I, I, like you, put a few videos on YouTube and I put a landing page up. I don't think I got near as many initial visitors and views as you did on your YouTube channel, but I, start, I got a few email addresses and I had a few email addresses of people to launch to once my course was finally available in late 2013. And you know, I, I don't really only heard the success stories. You don't hear about the failures a whole lot. And so I'd hear on these podcasts like Steve and just tons of other different niches and online courses of stories of people that would hit launch for the very first time. And it was just an immediate success, you know, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And so I had no other thing to believe besides that. Like as long as I made it and hit launch and and put in some work and put it out there to the world that it would be a success because that's the stories I would hear. And I hit go and like that night I had no sales and I would just keep refreshing and I was just waiting. And I could see a couple of people have opened the email. I'm like, why aren't you buying? Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you checking out? And so I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up. I'm like, please, you know, you hear about people making money while they sleep. And I checked it and I still hadn't made a sale. And my wife, I was married. And at the time we didn't have any kids yet. She was, you know, obviously sympathetic. She says, Hey, why don't you, why don't you run out, you know, get, get yourself some, some coffee at Starbucks, you know, feel free to get me something as well. Just try to get your mind off of it. So I did that and I'm in line at Starbucks and I think I've told this story before, but, um, that's when I made my first sale, my phone dung. And I was just checking to see, Hey, is it my wife? Is it what? But it was a notification that I made my first sale and it was just the most incredible feeling. I'm sure you can think back to your first online sale as well, but it was for the first time in my life. I had made some money on something that me and only me created. Like this thing didn't exist. I put it out there and somebody wanted to pay me money for that. I had made paycheck, like I'd gotten paychecks 
for eight years or at that point it was more like five or six years, but it was like, they hired me for a job, like to work in their, in their system to do their thing. This is something that I dreamed up, put it out there and made a sale. And so that one sale, just getting that one sale gave me everything I needed to, to really figure this thing out and make it work long-term. And that's one of the things I, I tell people today is for those that are beginners is I want to help you get to that first sale as fast as possible because that first sale is the hardest, but it's also everything you need to get moving and validate. And the second sale is even easier and the third sale is even easier. And so I've got a course now on helping people get started with online courses, which I'll talk about a little later, but you know, the kind of the sub heading for that course, it's called the online course accelerator is from nothing to your first sale in eight weeks. And that's kind of why based on my story there. So uh, I launched it, made a sale. I think a few days later, made another sale. Nothing to write home about in terms of, of quantity. I think it probably took a couple of years to get up to like $1,000 a month. But just slowly but surely, I did. I was able to quit my job on December 31st, 2015. And it's not because my course was bringing in enough to support my family, but it's because we had paid off our mortgage. We had been completely debt-free and we had some savings to where we could live very minimally for a year without, if it didn't work out with piano in 21 days. And we had at that time, a six month old baby as well. So we started having kids and my wife stopped working once, once she gave birth to our first daughter. And because I quit my job, I was making about a thousand dollars a month from piano in 21 days for the first time I was able to focus on it as if it's my job because it was my job finally. And I was able to ramp it up pretty quickly to, to about 30K in revenue. Um, a lot of that, 10 to 20 of that was expenses because I was doing a lot of advertising and things. But you know, being able to profit you know, $10,000 a month was enough to, to support my family and call it a success. And so that was, that was my 2016 and early 2017. And, and that's probably about the time that, that we met, Nate, was when I was about at that level and it officially kind of called as a success. And when I was interviewed on that Nick Loper's podcast for the first time. Awesome. That's a great story. I like it. I'm a fan because it's, it's, it's brought me, it's who I am now. And it's, um, you know, ever since reading the four hour work week, it's like now I've, I've got the life that I envisioned way back then, you know, 12 years ago. And it's just so cool. And so I continue to grow piano in 21 days. It's very automated and outsourced. At this point, I spend more of my time on my other brand, which is the online course guy recording these podcasts, helping people succeed with online courses. But I was, uh, was kind of stuck at that 30K a month uh, revenue, you know, roughly 15 in expenses mark for a couple of years, honestly. And there's, there's a few things I did about four months ago that significantly jumped up the business. And I can talk about those things for people that are looking for ways to to kind of um, get out of a plateau and help keep keep growing things. One thing I did was I finally released a new course that people had been asking for for years. What I teach in Piano in 21 Days is an accompaniment style of piano, meaning ideally you would have a singer or it'd be part of a band of some sort. But people keep asking for how to play the melody on the piano and how to start playing by ear a little bit. I don't know how to do those things. But I outsourced a course on how to do that. I found just the perfect guy. He flew down for a week and recorded this course that I call Melody and Ear Training in 21 Days. And I made it a part of my $500 package. Before that, most people would buy my $300 package. Now, by far, people buy my $500 package and buy it at a higher rate. So that was, that was huge. 
I also injected a webinar into my existing funnel. And that was purely based on seeing the success of your webinar, Nate. You switched over from a PLF webinar to more of a webinar, excuse me, a PLF funnel to more of a webinar funnel. And then I think you you still have the PLF kind of on the back end. Well, I, I decided to kind of put a webinar more in the middle of my funnel. And, uh, and that people really, really enjoy that as well. So I think both of us would agree that a combination of a webinar and PLF funnel can work very, very well. Those are really the big two things that I changed. And and now, you know, my expenses are basically where they were, but I'm consistently have a revenue of over like 50K a month, which, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I would say that you're, you've been done really well is to engineer this thing. You know, you've maintained your engineering mindset throughout this whole thing and really created a system that allows this business to thrive without you. It's building your team and outsourcing and it's just dialed in. I I mean, I can't think of anyone that does this better than you. I feel like your, your team just executes flawlessly. You have all the pieces in place. It really flows well. So that's one thing you're definitely doing right. What are some of the things that you you could have done better or you wish you would have done different? Yeah, th- thanks, Nate. And, and that's a good question. So I think that I could have done much better on like the the free content side of things, really hitting YouTube harder. It, it became clear from the beginning that YouTube was, was going to be a very valuable resource for my particular niche, obviously for yours as well. But I didn't really double down on that like I should have. I, I probably could have invested in some better camera and audio equipment early on once I had a little bit of success and, and get more on a, a regular posting schedule. YouTube is still to this day one of the biggest traffic drivers for my business, yet I've only got a handful of videos up there. And you have other channels who have other piano learning channels that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube. And I, I promise they're not, they don't have a funnel that's as dialed in as mine or have a product that's as good as mine or making as much money or, or have as satisfied customers as, as I do. But they've, they've really hit that YouTube very hard. And that's also a great resource for people that can't afford your course. They can still consume some information. You can still impact them in a positive way, even though they're not directly paying you money. And hey, to be honest with you, like YouTube is getting better and better at being able to, you being able to make some money just on YouTube too. For a while, I had all my ads turned off on YouTube because the advice I was given is you want to have the, you know, kind of the best experience for people and you, the end game is to sell them an online, online course or your own product as opposed to just the ad revenue. But I think the newer philosophy is, hey, most YouTube videos have ads now, so it's not really a, a negative experience because people are expecting that now. And, and so they can kind of live hand in hand. And also what I've heard is that YouTube is going to be more interested in showing your video to people because they're going to make some more money off of it when you have ads running on it. So I make several hundred dollars a month from the YouTube ads as well. And then the other thing I think, one, one big thing I would have done sooner is doing a little bit of affiliate income type stuff. I think almost any any anybody in online courses can find an area that they can bring in some additional income streams other than just the sale of your courses through some affiliate income. For me, it's obvious. Recommending keyboards and pedals and, and pianos and any other accessories somebody might need, keyboard stands. And once I started sending people my recommendations and making videos on YouTube for those that equipment that I recommend and then just having Amazon affiliate links in there. That was an easy way for me to start making a, a different income stream over $1,000 every month just from that. 
And that's once again, helping people. You know, a lot of times the money follows where you help people. And so I'm kind of embarrassed at how long it took me to do something like that because that's only been the past like four or five months. I could have been doing that a long time ago. Yep. Absolutely. So how much time are you spending now on working on your piano in 21 days per week? Four hour work week, man. No, I, I don't know. It's it's less than four hours for sure because I have my my assistant or writer, or just like operations manager, whatever you want to call her, Emily. I know you you mentioned somebody you have as well. You know, she helps me manage my email inbox and my YouTube comments and Facebook comments and she helps me write some blog posts and content creation here and there and review things. And she helps me do a lot of stuff. So she, she does a lot of the things that I was doing before. And then a lot of the, you know, the funnel is all automated and everything. The one thing I try to do each and every day is just personally thank everybody that signs up for my course. That's something I've done for over a year. And I use a tool called, called Bonjoro, uh, which we've talked about to, to very easily just record a 20 second video, just personally thanking people to sign up for my course. So I do that each day and I just check to see if there's any emails that need my attention each day. And then I look at my daily report that Emily puts together for me, which has, you know, how many email subscribers did I get yesterday? How many sales did I make yesterday? Just a dashboard where I can see everything in one place. So those are the kind of few things that I do each day. Beyond that, for piano in 21 days, I don't really need to do much else besides make sure the machine is running. I like to think of it as a machine. It's like people come into the machine on one side and and out, hopefully the other side is a happy customer. And most of what's inside of there is outsourced and automated. And at this point, got it pretty, pretty dialed in to where I can, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to just kick my feet up and, and lay on the beach for the rest of my life. I certainly enjoy the beach and like taking vacations there, but now I'm able to spend, that allows me to spend most of my time, my working time, obviously I spend time with my family and whatnot, doing probably what I love most as far as if I could come up with a job and that's helping others with online courses. Yeah. Very cool. You are, you are every once in a while doing some, a little bit of a big project with piano in 21 days you must get an idea, you see something. So you're kind of always staying open to different ideas. We have our monthly mastermind with one other guy, you kind of bring your ideas and, and you come back to it and think about it then. And then maybe every once in a while, you'll have like a, a new idea you want to implement and you'll kind of hammer down on it for a week or two, implement that and then take another eight weeks of four hour work week kind of situation. Exactly right. I mean, th- there's not a lot of people that know me better as, as far as my work goes at this point than, than you do. So you're pretty dialed into to the way that I work as well. And yeah, it's, it's kind of seasonal in terms of improving that existing business. I mentioned four or five months ago, I did a couple of things that really moved the needle in my business. And yes, that took a lot of time at that particular time. Now I outsourced the course, but I had to work with this guy to develop the curriculum. And then he came down for a week and we had to record it together. And you know, obviously I outsourced the, the video editing and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of, of outsourcing. But then uh, I also had to throw in a webinar there. And I didn't want just any webinar because I've tried webinars before and failed because I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted to have you know the most effective piano webinar on the internet. And, and it's hard to actually measure that. But I'm very, very proud of the webinar that's out there today that I put together. So yeah, it's I think it's, I think it's seasonal. And it's somewhat seasonal for you. I mean, I know there's times where you're just like, I don't really want to work this week. Like I want to play with my kids this whole week, you know, and, and most of the time you have that luxury. Yep. Absolutely. 
So you, you mentioned, um, we've, we've both mentioned kind of our weekly meeting a few times now. So let's get into that a little bit because I think that's a huge help for both of us. And we, when we first met, we would meet basically on a weekly basis because I was coaching you. And then that coaching kind of turned into the podcast and, and I would help you on the podcast. But then after we stopped recording the podcast, we'd still, you know, ask each other questions. And then once that ended, we stopped, we weren't meeting weekly anymore. And I think about a month of that, we were both like, man, we got so, we both got so much out of those weekly meetings. Let's, let's just meet as just kind of accountability partners and mastermind partners type of thing. So we've been meeting weekly ever since then. So why don't you tell, tell people what you get out of those meetings and in your opinion, why, why we do those? Yeah. The main thing I do get out of it is just accountability for tasks that I want to do and for growing my business. So we have a system where we really encourage each other to set penalty goals, we call them. So they're goals, but if you don't meet those goals, you owe the the person a hundred bucks. So we're typically setting one to three of these penalty goals every week. And it's, it's, they're specific goals, they're smart goals, they're measurable. And if we don't have them done by the next time we meet, then we owe the other person a hundred bucks. And we, you know, we don't want to pay each other a hundred dollars. That's not, that's not the point of it. The point of it is to, you know, get work done and and be, have some real accountability and some real consequences. Because when you're working for yourself, there really is no consequence for you not doing something, you know? So you have to kind of create artificial consequences. Um, And then the other big thing I get out of it is just you're way smarter at this stuff than me. So I can ask you like little questions and you always have answers for me. I typically have like one to five things I'm asking you every time where you're, you're explaining to me. And then we also talk a little bit now about what people are doing, what other people are doing in the industry. And we're going through a one funnel away challenge with click funnels, which um, I'm not sure if you post the show notes to these podcast episodes, but you could always give people the link, your link for that. Cause that's really awesome. The one funnel away challenge, it has these 30 day blueprints of what other internet markers would do. So we've been going through one of those every week as well. And that's, that's our basic format. Yeah, that is really cool. That's something we started doing recently is going through one of those because it's all these really successful people. A lot of them have online courses answering the question, what would I do for the first 30 days if I had to start over? So we're looking at those together on a weekly basis to uh, just generate new ideas and strategies and things. It's like we were talking about earlier, just just trying to see what other people are doing. Yep. And, and yeah, I mean, you said that I'm so much smarter than you. You know, I think one of the reasons this works is because we're a good complement to each other. We, our strengths play into each other really well because we're very, very, very different. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't have an engineering background, right? So I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of left brain. You're, you're more on the right brain side of things. And you're, you're more of like an outside the box thinker. You're an idea guy and thinking at a very high level. And you, you give me a ton of cool ideas and then I'm more like surface level. And you're like, how do you get this to connect to this? And you have no idea. And I'm like, oh, you just do this, this, and this. And it's like, that part of, is really easy for me. But other things are very easy for you. So we complement each other very well. Yeah. And I think if, if somebody's you know, like looking for an accountability partner, looking to do something like this, I think from my experience, it's probably best to, to find somebody that's their strengths, complement your strengths. And, and you're, not, you're not the same person, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's something we do each week and we kind of, each time we get on, we start by talking about our last week 
and making sure that we each did the things we said we were going to do. We always have like an email notes so we can refer back to the previous week and do that. Most of the time, we both accomplished what we said we would, but there have been times where that $100 had to be exchanged. I'm not sure that you've ever had to pay me, Nate, but I know I've paid you three or four times over the past year for various reasons. But it's yeah. also important when that does happen to understand why. Like, and Nate's really, you're really good about if, if I do pay you that hundred dollars, you, you really make me understand what it is about that, that made me not get it done. Was it something I should have never said I was going to get done? Or were there other things that happened during the week that, you know, I, I still should have gotten it done. And so I think that's really, really important as well. So we talk about the last week and then we talk about what's coming up this week and set goals, what we want to accomplish over the week. And then, and then just anything else we want to, any other ideas we want to bounce off of each other. Because, you know, from my perspective, if I have this idea, I'm like, man, I really want to do, you know, this with Piano in 21 Days. It's like, there's not a ton of people I can ask for feedback on. I mean, I guess I could, you know, I'm in some Facebook groups and this and that, but that's a really valuable time for me to just get us another opinion other than myself. Even if you don't know much about the particular topic, it's like, hey, Nate, what do you think about this? And you're going to give me your honest feedback on it. And I think that's a, that's a really valuable part of it as well. Yeah. I want to jump back to something you said earlier uh, when you were talking about your webinar. I want to talk about webinars for a little bit because a lot of people think that webinars can just be like this magic pill. You know, people are talking about webinars. You just put a webinar out there and it's going to work. I tried webinars several times with Piano in 21 Days through the years. And I just assumed webinars wouldn't work for Piano in 21 Days because they never did. But I think doing them right is the key. But you said something earlier and you said specifically that your business and your online course is just the perfect thing for a webinar. Can you can you dive into that a little bit and tell us why? Yeah, I would say it's because webinars are ideal for new opportunities really because it, it they're things that need a little bit of education and you kind of and you can really present you can really show why it's set up to be such a good opportunity it's just I don't really know why that is it's just a set, such a perfect medium for framing a new opportunity it's hard for me to articulate that do you know what I'm saying yeah I mean if you so my webinar your webinar is both basically the script that's laid out in Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. You've got to present the webinar the correct way. But his script, his formula is just the perfect way to educate people properly about this new opportunity and why you need to be a part of it. And so I would argue, Nate, that unless you have some some form of a new opportunity, then you're not really going to be successful with online courses. So as long as you're having some sort of new opportunity, as opposed to what he calls just an improvement opportunity, here's a better way to do this. Now, this is a kind of a new way to do this. Then you, you really need that to be successful. And, and, and a webinar is just one way to, and one of the best ways to, to convey and educate people on this new opportunity. Because when somebody just goes to microgreensfarmer.com or they hear about it or whatever, they don't truly understand and appreciate it what it is that you're offering and how you can positively impact their life. Same with Piano in 21 Days to an extent. It's like the first thing that comes to people's mind typically is this is a scam. How could you possibly ever learn piano in 21 days? So a webinar works in properly educating people how that's, how that's even possible. And so by the end of the webinar, the goal isn't necessarily, okay, now this person has all the tools they need to be able to do this. It's 
Okay, now they understand how this could work for them. And the next step is to purchase this program, which can then take them all the way. Yeah, yeah. And there's a component of scarcity involved. There's time restriction. That's a really nice feature of webinars. If you just, you could kind of create a webinar and just upload it to YouTube, but it's the process of them selecting a time and then they get a notification. This is starting in half an hour. This is starting in five minutes. Log on now. It's an event. You're creating an event. Um, and then afterwards, you know, like the webinar is coming to a close, like it's time to go ahead and place your order if you want in. And there's a, you know, follow up sequence if you have one where we got the replay for one or two days. It's just such a perfect place to be able to inject a little bit of uh, scarcity to help push people over the edge and, and get them to to jump into your to your training. Yep. So if you're listening to this and are considering a webinar um, to do it right, I think we both recommend Expert Secrets. Uh, and and there's some. I've done podcast episodes on webinars as well. There's more to it than that because it's not as simple as just the webinar itself. There's also the emails associated with it and getting people to sign up and actually attend and actually want to stick around and things like that. So you can go back to other past episodes, or I've got some resources at theonlinecourseguy.com, which I'll tell you about in a little bit as well. Uh, next, Nate, I want to talk about on that note, you know, people that are trying to, to be successful with online courses. And let's first speak to the people that are more on the beginner side of things. In your opinion, at this point, knowing everything that you know about online courses, and I know to some extent you've even helped people with getting started with online courses as well. What, what are your recommendations for people just getting started here to, to find success? Yeah, my recommendation would be to think first about adding value. You're trying to add value online. So that's the the first key to attract attention is to find some way to add value. So whether it's starting a Facebook group and posting information in there, posting information in other Facebook groups, posting on YouTube, Instagram, you know, you got to think about your platform and then kind of focus hard on one platform in the beginning. Stick with that one platform and go deep in there and be one of the people that sticks out on that platform. I think YouTube is still a great one. Live stuff is starting to become more of a big deal. If you could go live every day on Facebook or something, you could really stand out or live on Instagram. But kind of see where where you think the internet's moving towards and try and get on one of those leading edge platforms and then go deep on that. And you know, it, and, and understand really why you're doing this. Have a have a purpose for why you're doing this, what you want to create and kind of keep that in mind. Maybe post a picture on your wall of your vision board and what you want your life to be like after you do this. So you're motivated to keep going. And that'll help. That'll make it a lot easier for you to just to push through and not give up. So that's another big thing is just keep going on this. Keep making steady progress. Don't see this as that you fail if your first video doesn't doesn't isn't a big hit that's very rare for that to happen i think on youtube like one out of every 50 videos that people post becomes viral or something like that it's like it's pretty rare so you really have to put in the time and keep going and then we've mentioned several times accountability is huge in a coaching accountability in the beginning is even more huge if you can find someone that's a level above you and you can pay them you want to be paying them whether that's buying a nice online course where you have to throw down a good chunk of money and investment right up front or just hiring a coach that you, you need to have some skin in the game. So that's a huge one. And then I would say, you know, focus on building your own platform. That's one thing we've both done, but a lot of people that are, are thinking of getting in the online course game, they might go with like Udemy or posting a course on one of those other sites. 
And I know people do have success in those things, but I think it's it's more challenging and you're, you're better off to create your own platform. I think those are probably my main tips for someone getting started. I, I agree 100% with everything you said. One of the big things I would add, in my opinion, is I think a lot of people start out kind of in the wrong order and they think they think that one of the first things they do need to do is basically make the course and you make the course and then you put it on, you, you find like a LMS learning management system like Kajabi or Thinkific or Teachable or, Click, or ClickFunnels and upload it there. And then all of those platforms come with like sales pages or landing pages that you can promote the course on. And you kind of go through it in that order. And now you have this buy now button on this website. And there's a course that actually exists if people click buy, but then it's like, Oh wait, I don't have any traffic coming to this source. I don't have a platform. I don't, nobody knows who I am and you spent all this work and now you have to go figure that part out. And that's kind of the way that I did things back in the day. And so now I teach people kind of to reverse it. And I want people to start making sales before they even actually have that course yet. And the way that you do that is you start uh, you have a platform, like you said, Nate, and you pick pick YouTube, pick a podcast, pick a blog, or even pick something like Instagram or Facebook, but like stick to that one platform and post once a week, three times a week, every day. Like you, you should know very well whatever this topic is that you're teaching about. And so start putting content out there for the world on a regular schedule and then have what I call the basic funnel to send traffic to, which is basically a landing page where people opt in for something of value, typically a video. Then page two is that actual video where you're giving something of value in that video. And the call to action is not to buy anything from you. It's to schedule a phone call uh, with you. And that way, once you get people on the phone, you can sell them one of a few things. You can sell them coaching. That's one thing that people don't do because they get into this world of online courses because they want to make passive income and sell something. And once you sell something, you don't have to deliver on anything. But that's a great way to get started and will only make you better at the online course part of things. So for example, I could have started like doing remote piano teaching sessions, you know, and start selling that at first. Or the other thing you can sell instead of coaching is a future course and offer a discount to it. Hey, this course is, is going to be available on this date. And it's going to be, you know, $4.97, but, but I've got early bird pricing now at, at $1.97 or something like that. And that's a way you can start selling it as well. And then once you start making one, two, three, five, ten 10 sales of that, like that should be all the motivation you need to actually record the course then, because then you have a date that you've promised these paying customers to, but you've also got some validation of your idea. And, and by doing all of this over the phone, you get just an incredible amount of direct feedback from people on on your offer and understand what their objections are and if it's even something there's a market for out there. So that's the way that I recommend people get started in a broad sense. And and so for those that are are just getting started and have not made a single sale yet, I've got not a new product but a new version of of my beginner's course called the online course accelerator which I mentioned and and that information is on the online course guy.com. I usually actually had a phone call. You had to get on a phone call with me to get into that course, version one of that course. Version two is now available. And the way I'm doing it now, and I think you've told you this, Nate, but I'm just doing a free trial. You get a free trial for seven days now just to try it out because I want you to see for yourself what's inside of that and see if it's going to work for you. And then 
If it is, you can stick around and pay the full amount, which is nine ninety seven. So, but for those of you that that have not made a sale yet and want to with online courses and do things the right way, then I'd encourage you to go to the onlinecourseguy.com and check out the free trial of the online course accelerator. Next, Nate, let's talk to the people that are a little a little further down the road. Somebody that's maybe made a few sales or or even making already making a few sales every week or month, but they're just they're they're looking to to scale up, maybe looking to scale down their time. What do you recommend for people that are looking to take things to the next level? Yeah, looking to take things to the next level, I would I would start out with kind of a, getting a clear vision of what you want. There's a book that I, I've recently read called Vivid Vision. So I'm working on this more right now for myself, just kind of seeing exactly what you want and then reverse engineering, working backwards from there. Accountability is still huge at this level, even if you're already having success, just as important. Get the accountability in place. Focus on the bigger wins and don't get bogged down in the little daily tasks. Kind of focus on the, I call them needle movers. Focus on stuff that's really going to move the needle and cut out distractions. It's a huge one nowadays. People get, they start an online business and it's just so tempting. You have Facebook and stuff like that. Just email that you can dive into every time. So try and build it into your schedule. Some deep work time blocks. There's a great book called Deep Work and he talks about setting aside like a few hours to work on your one thing. Keep it simple. You know, one, just one good funnel is all you really need. That's Russell Brunt's, that's ClickFunnels slogan, you're one funnel away. And that, that really is the truth. Just focus on creating that one funnel and tweaking that and making it better over time. Keep making it better. Keep making it better. Don't expect it to be a success right off the bat. You just got to keep building upon that. And then building a team is crucial when you're going to keep moving forward. That's something I've just started to do here this last five or six months. And it's, it's been huge. It, it was a real barrier for me. It's something that's just really challenging for me to kind of let go of that and start trusting people. But it's, it's been miraculous. feels like a big growth point in my life. And, uh, you know, have, have grit, just keep going, play the long game. Don't give up. Don't, don't get distracted and then set some limits on your work. So when you start working for yourself, it can be challenging to turn it off. You don't just close the door and go home for the day. You know, you work at home. So that, I think that's really important too, to, to not get bogged down in the hustle and, and to really set some limits for yourself. I'm going to answer the same question. And part of what I'll say is mirrors what you said, but I'm going to put it like this. For people that want to kind of take their existing online course business to the next level, I think norm, normally what I see is the, the biggest needle mover, if you will, is in one of three areas or, or a combination. But if, if you want to get to the next level, focus on one of these three things, maybe first and then move on to the next one. So one is optimizing your funnel. And you mentioned this, Nate. It's one of the biggest problems I see is people are making sales. They have maybe somewhat of a funnel in place or maybe they don't, but it's like you're hesitant to mess with it because it's somewhat working. But in, in most cases, there's a lot of optimization we can do with your funnel. Um, and then two would be traffic. Maybe it's as simple as doubling your traffic. You know, you want to double your sales? Let's figure out how to double your traffic. You know, are you posting a video on YouTube once a month? All right, well, let's change that to once a week. Are you, you know, is your, is your YouTube videos, are they high quality enough? Are you doing things the right way? Let's, let's change that. So, or, or ramping up SEO traffic or, or even paid traffic. Like traffic could be, that could be all there is to it. 
<laughs> to, uh, to take you to the next level is traffic. And then the third thing it could be outsourcing, right? So some people are maybe making $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month, but they're killing themselves to get there because they're replying to every email and they're replying to every um, Facebook comment and, and Facebook message and Twitter comment and, and handling all the support requests that come through and they're the only ones working in the business. That's the other big thing that you could focus on is start outsourcing these tasks. And a lot of people, you included, you know, you're, you're scared to outsource that very first time because it feels like you're almost, you're just like letting go a part of you and having to trust this random person that you weren't familiar with before. But I think you could agree with it. Like once you start outsourcing, it's almost addictive. Yeah. Right. And, and as long as you go about it the right way and get the right people, it's got this kind of exponential effect because then eventually if you can get to a point where you're doing only the things that you need to be doing, right? Like for me, nobody else, well, for the most part can, can be on camera for me. Now there, I've mentioned outsourcing courses, so there, there are things you can do there. But if I'm, if I'm doing a, a YouTube video where I want to convey a certain message, like I've got to be on camera. But there's no reason that I shouldn't like I, I need to have somebody else producing that video for me, right? There's nobody else that like can be the CEO and like run my company and make these really important decisions. But some of the smaller level decisions and uh, there's just so many things you can outsource. And if you if you're the type of person that's been hesitant to do that because you just feel like you're letting go too much, then I would encourage you to just try it because you could always go back, right? So outsource one thing and see how it goes. And if you hate it, then you can always go back. And, and not have any regrets about never, never trying it. So once again, those, those three things were a better funnel, more traffic, and, uh, and, and outsourcing more or better would be right. my advice to somebody taking it to take things to the next level. Can I add one more thing to mine? No. <laughs> this, yeah, is, this, is my, this is my specialty too, is, uh, is think big. Like you talked about, that's the kind of one thing I'm good at is the big ideas. Well, that's another big key to success. I think if you already have some traction is like spend a little bit of time each week and think like, what are five to 10 things I might be able to do to 10 X this to try to try and have that 10 X mentality. That's something I've kind of pushed onto you a little bit through our masterminds and our meetings. But you know, Tim Ferriss asked himself like, what if it were easy? Just like trying to think of what, what are those things that could really be a game changer for your business? Yeah, because sometimes we um, we underestimate what we're what we're able to accomplish. In fact, I think there's a quote maybe from Tim Ferriss that I really like. It's, it's it says something to the effect of we we like to overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, but underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And so that's just conveying like short term versus long term. Like a lot of times, you know, let's look at a week. Like a lot of times, I'll overestimate what I can accomplish in a week, and then I end up having to pay you a hundred dollars. But as as humans if we're thinking more like six months, a year, it's easy to set the bar too short. And you mentioned specifically, you know, 10 X. I know there's a book called 10 X secrets. What is it by Grant Cardone? I think it's 10 uh, X rule or something like that. The 10 X rule. Yeah. Which is all about is, is setting goals that are like 10 times bigger than you would have otherwise set. And that's what really, really, really successful people do. So yeah, don't, don't sell yourself uh, short. I just thought of another one. Um, focus a lot on relationships too. relationship building. Like there's a dream 100 strategy that Russell talks a lot about and and that could be a huge key as well. Cool. Awesome. So 
we mentioned a couple of books as well. Let me ask you this, Nate. What are some of your top books that you'd recommend to um, to course creators or aspiring course creators? Vivid Vision uh, by Cameron Harold, I think, is the one that wrote that. Expert Secrets, for sure. Those are two we've already mentioned. Start With Why, I thought was a good book. I think actually Simon one Sinek. of someone in, that you know recommended that to me, someone in one of your groups. Yep. Who, I, th- I think, is a good book. More so, there's the concept of like thinking who, not how. And I, I there's this guy I love, Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach. He's writing a book right now called Who, Not How. But it's this concept of when you when you want something done, when you're looking to grow your business, like right now, I want to create a physical product that's the best in my niche that's, that'll attract all the people that grow microgreens to my website. So instead of thinking, how do I do this? I, I should think who, who can do this for me. But the book Who was also good. And uh, yeah, that's all I can think of offhand. Cool. I, I typically recommend three books for course creators. There's plenty more, but at the very least, I think I think we should all be reading or have read these three expert secrets. We've mentioned that a ton this episode. You just mentioned that expert secrets by Russell Brunson is the top uh, recommendation I have. Uh, second would be story brand by Donald Miller, uh, which is just a incredible resource for a, kind of a different way to think about marketing and really how to sell and market without being salesy at all and how to do it with story and making your customer the hero of the story as opposed to you. And and so for example, like it really got me thinking that when I'm marketing, it's like I need to talk about how the other, the person looking at this, like they they can do this. Like they have the, they have the ability to play piano. People everywhere have told them that it's going to take years or that they can't do it or they don't have time for it, but they've got this inside of them and they just need a guide like myself to help them get there but I'm not the hero they are. They're going to they're the ones that are going to break through this and actually learn how to play piano. And that that book helped me to to see that. And then the third one kind of different different topic but very important because of the impact I know it personally had on me and I think it had a positive impact on you as well would be profit first. And I think uh, that's that's kind of an accounting system. It's a way to manage your cash flow in your business, but there's not a lot of good training out there and we we kind of get started and start making sales and it's like you don't really know what to do with that money and where it should go and this and that. Profit Deferts um, helps you to see exactly the right way to do it. And I wish I would have implemented that system far sooner in my business, but I'm so glad that I have it today. So once again, for me, it's Expert Secrets, Story Brand, and Profit First. I also really like The One Thing by Gary Keller mm-hmm. for productivity. I think we had two full episodes on this podcast about The One Thing. Oh, wow. It was me and you. It was you back in the day. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I think it was in the teens, like episode 15 and 16 or something. And we got into it so much, we broke it up into two episodes. Um, So somebody listening can definitely check that out as well. But Nate, it's been really good to catch up with you on this level and um, to kind of reset the podcast and, and talk about our stories and what we've been up to and our recommendations out there for the people listening. So that's gonna about do it. But is there anything else you wanna share with the audience before we go? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's just, if you, if this is something you're interested in, you know, at some point you got to take the leap, you know, what is that first action and how can you start building time into your schedule? Can you build, put in a half an hour a day? Can you start putting in two hours each Saturday and each Sunday, kind of build it into your schedule and take that first step. And then and just realize that you're, you're on a, you're just starting your journey and you're in this for the long haul. And I think the best first step for them to take is to check out that your free course, the, um, 
the free trial. It's a sweet course. Thanks. Thanks for that, Nate. Well, and thank you so much for your time today, man. I think people are just going to get an insane amount of value of listening to, uh, to this conversation between us. But that's going to do it for now. And we'll, uh, we'll certainly have you back on the podcast one day, hopefully soon. Awesome. Thanks, See man. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Online Course Show. You can find all the detailed links and show notes from today's episode by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash 89. And don't forget to check out the new website at theonlinecourseguy.com and all the new resources that I told you about in the introduction. You can join the free Facebook community there. You can get more information about my course on courses called the Online Course Accelerator, which I'm offering a free seven-day trial for. You can get information about next-level courses, which is application only, and that's for people that are already succeeding to some extent with online courses but want to succeed even more. And of course, don't forget about my offer for ClickFunnels. When you sign up for ClickFunnels through my affiliate link, I will provide you with all kinds of templates and a little course. If you are a course creator or aspiring course creator, then you absolutely should be using ClickFunnels. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for being a part of this. People have been asking me for this episode for a while, and I'm so glad that I finally got to deliver it to you. Let me know what you think of it, and I will talk to you next time. 